Welcome to Off Book, a podcast from The Young Pink, where we have conversations with creatives who have recently inspired us with their work here. So I'm Julia, I'm from The Young Vic, and I'm here with... Walter, Walter Meyer-Johan. Great, and um, you're a theatre director. That's right. Um, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into theatre. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, uh, I'm i basically uh, Euro trash, as we call it, because I was born in Amsterdam, grew up in Holland, um, lived for three years in America as well, and my parents are German and Austrian. And um, I moved to Germany when I was 17. So I mainly grew up in Holland. That was my childhood. And then I, yeah, um, moved to Germany when the war came down, which, of course, was hugely exciting. And uh, did my A-levels in the south of Germany. But like everyone else, I had to move to Berlin. So that's how I, um, yeah, came to Berlin and basically... uh, there was no plan ever to go into theatre. I remember when I was 17 thinking, I wrote down what I would like to do, and there were so many things. And there was like, I want to become a teacher, a journalist, a writer. Then at some point, maybe an actor. Uh, but directing really wasn't really on the list until I met, actually, and uh, an actor moved into my uh, flat in Berlin. And um, that's, in a way, I had a bit of experience in school with theatre, but um, by meeting him, who he's now quite a famous TV actor in, in Germany, um, he basically uh, introduced me to, and that's how I first of all started acting. And then after probably two years of training, I said, this is not right for me. And then I got into directing. And that's what I then did. Um, I actually studied four years directing in Germany, in Berlin. Okay, and how, how old were you around that time? Um, so I was, because I... After A-levels in Germany, you didn't. Uh, you either had to do military service or you had to do what we called civil service. So I was working with uh, disabled people for 18 months. So I didn't start actually going to university until I was 20. And so I started my acting course when I was 21 and my directing course when I was 23. Okay. And finished directing when I was 27, which is quite old in a way. But that's when I started <laughs> earning little money. <laughs> <laughs> um what sort of exposure to art and creative stuff did you get as a child? Yeah, it's quite interesting because I, I mean, I, I was mainly into football and I was mainly into sports. And um, so I grew up in Holland with a German school. So we had always a German culture in the way around. But actually, my after school experience was mainly with Dutch people, maybe Dutch friends. So it was mainly football and sports. But my mother is from Vienna, which means music was big basically um, and my father has a huge still has a huge record collection so there was a lot of classical music in our house basically and I remember actually at six I wanted to be a conductor that's what I, my big dream was to be commodore because I was always conducting while I was sitting on the loo um, and um, but I didn't I, really going into theatre I, I just remember actually that I um, I didn't really direct anything until I was 11 or 12, but that was not really theatre. What I did was, um, I did an event which was um, that we, uh, there was an open day at the the school and I found this record of my father, Je t'aime moi non plus, Brigitte Bardot, very sexy song, um, Gainsbourg and Bardot, and um, I played that track and 
there was a vote of the sexiest male legs. So I hung up a curtain, <laughs> and basically um, all um, all the te- well, lots of teachers actually volunteered, and uh, they had to dance to the music. And then there was a vote, and it was the sexiest male legs, basically, uh, which was <laughs> voted for. That's how I got into directing. Great. Yeah. And and how is it that you ended up working in? You work in at home in That's Manchester, right, yeah. and you you're an associate artist here as well. So That's right. Um, like, how is it that you've you have a very international background? Yeah. How is it that you've ended up working yeah. in the UK? Um, there was never a plan. I mean, I, I I studied in Berlin. I started directing for four years, and then started building up a German career by really working in mainly in East uh, Germany. And really starting in really small theatres and just working myself up till I was actually artist director of a new writing company in Dresden. And then I had an amazing contract there, which um, I was artist director. But then after time, I said to the, the guy, basically, I don't think this is quite working, but can I still work in? He said, yeah, that's fine. And it meant basically that I was guaranteed two productions a year, but could live anywhere. The initial choice was of course to go back to Berlin but my wife is English so um, at the time she said she really wants to come back she'd been living in Berlin for many many years we've been together for a long time and I was saying okay actually with this contract I can actually afford well I mean didn't know how much London was costing at the time (laughs) but um, I said yeah actually let's do it so we moved to London but there was no I had no um contact apart from I, I mean I, I studied for one year in England um, when I was a student um, and so I, I, I knew the theatre scene a little bit because as a student I went quite regularly actually to this building quite a lot great um, that was all <laughs> what did you see I saw Katie Mitchell's um, The Maids and I saw Katie Mitchell's uh, Uncle Vanya which is really quite as it must be a, a 21 years ago or something <laughs> um, and I I didn't know the scene very well, but what happened was we moved to London, the British Library came my office, and I was doing four productions a year in Germany. So it meant I was eight months away. And that seemed crazy. So yeah. after a year, I started writing letters, um, letters, I think. Um, and one of them was to David here. And he said, yeah, let's meet, because I just wrote to theatres I liked, and there were... And he basically replied and said, yeah, come in. And I thought it was going to be a 10-minute meeting. It turned out to be a two-hour meeting. We talked a lot about stuff. And I was just really charmed. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. And then I think the next day I was actually starting a production near Hamburg. And I invited him to come and see it. And like all the artist directors, myself included, now they always say, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll come. And then you never hear anything back. He actually wrote me the day before we had press night, um, and he said he's on the plane the next morning, and I was like, blimey. So he came, saw it, it was a Goldoni piece, and he liked it, and then we had conversations about me working for the Young Vic, in a way. And I, so that's how I became an associate director, which was really astonishing. And that was, in a way, the Young Vic. I'm just very fond of the Young Vic, because it was, for me, like... I studied four years directing, but I felt like the young Vic, I was here for three years. That was my schooling in UK theatre. And a lot because the emphasis on directing, I felt very much at home. And also, it did, I didn't know before, but um, what an amazing place it was. Um, and I saw lots. And I, I just remember the first year that I um, started with 
no, it, nothing in the address book. And then at the end, I think after one year, I had 180 new contacts. And it was just such an amazing place to work at. And I'm very grateful to David because I feel like he's opened the door, the door also to Manchester in a way, indirectly. And um, also to wonderful people I've met on the road. And um, yeah, it's been quite a journey, I have to say. It was never planned. And I know that I've been extremely lucky in that way. But on the other hand, I have had quite a big track record of almost 30 shows in Germany. So it's not like I haven't done anything before. And so I've done only two productions here, which was in the Red and Brown Water and Kafka's uh, Monkey. And now basically The Emperor, which is a uh, co-production between Home and yeah. Luxembourg and the Young Vic. Cool. And, um, That's long, long-winded. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's my whole flashback now. That's great. That's exactly yeah. what we're, we're sort of here to yeah. ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and in terms of what, what has been your influences in your, your theatre making? Um, well, I mean, we trained in Berlin, um, which was extraordinary. We, we had a Brecht Stanislavski method mixing them, which is quite unusual because people say that goes doesn't go together, but it was quite interesting. So we did a lot of theoretical training, but then actually practically I learned most, I would say, from actually working with actors. And that's quite interesting that you always think directors learn from directors, but it's actually learning from actors who say, you can't do this or... <laughs> Why don't you edit the text a bit like this was I was working with really, really experienced people as a young student in a way. And um, I think my biggest influence was the Volksbühne in Berlin, um, a place which was just like subsidized anarchy. And I saw pieces which I think in Britain <laughs> people just would say, what the hell is going on? I mean, lots of my friends said that as well in Berlin, but um, it was just madness. Um, there's an, an amazing director called Frank Castell. It's not my, it's not how I direct, but just watching what you can do on stage is. Um, and he had shows which were Dostoevsky's, like six hours and maybe one interval of ten minutes or something. So it was like extreme and in a beautiful way as well. But the ma m the biggest influence was one director who I assisted. Uh, twice uh, an opera director actually Klaus Michael Gruber who actually lived in Italy and um, worked with Strehler and then worked in Paris and um, he was someone who just basically when I watched him work I tried to forget everything I learned in this academy because what we learned was quite conceptually quite heavy but actually w watching him work with actors was phenomenal very instinctual and still a very very bright man unfortunately he passed away quite some years ago but um for me to work actually assisted was phenomenal uh, really just um uh, that was paid to do this was extraordinary extraordinary yeah because i think i learned more in two productions than i learned in four years wow yeah. okay yeah wow um and um do you think that like working with these people they reaffirmed your decision to work be a theater director as well i mean i think as a i mean we even now, I think I've done 40 shows or something, I, you still have hit these moments of doubt. And I think there's a rhythm in theatre that you have one day amazing rehearsal, next day it's shit, next day amazing. It's, it's never steady, you never can rely on... <laughs> there's nothing, this is the problem that we're not scientists, where you can plan something or really say this is scientific. Um, I think, he, he, especially him, when I watched him, basically I was working on um, Don Giovanni with him, and then I directed 
a piece with young students actually immediately afterwards and I could feel what I of course I couldn't copy him because he is just a genius but I got a lot of confidence that you can try things out differently and it just felt very artistic and um, I think they to really believe in actually that you can create art in theatre is, is something which is is quite reassuring in a way if you work with people like this um, and I know there's always another side there's a whole financial side and of course now I've become an artistic director so very often I have to look more at budgets financial schedules all that stuff but the core of it actually what I trained at and meeting these people was fundamental to me and, and, and still is if I didn't have that I don't think I would still be working in it because I this is actually what art is about I think that you just you can change not the world but you can change perceptions in in a space and that's something which is extraordinary and um, if you were talk, giving advice to you've worked with younger people mm. but if you were giving advice to people who are just starting out what, what kind of advice would you give them well, I, I did a lot of workshops here actually and I um, with young directors and really liked I always liked that I've, I taught quite a lot I, I really like working with young people and it's the same at home that we're trying to build up I mean obviously we can't build up a network of 900 yeah, directors like here but um, it's the main thing I think is being bold I think the main thing and I know I've been privileged because I came from a background where money was not the key to everything and I mean that as a student we didn't have to pay tuition fees and I mean that in as a student I didn't realize but my course was one of the most expensive ones and it was really extraordinary to try things out and I and in hindsight and also now with the whole debates about tuition fees and everything I just realized what a luxury I had so I know that so many people young people especially and I feel very sorry for them because I, I think um, if we enter this whole I don't know, that they almost feel like customers that they come to universities because they've paid and they expect them. Like, it's like a bill that you go to in a restaurant and you pay for something. I just think this is not what educational art is about. It's meant to be about broadening. It's meant to be you're meant to make mistakes. And I, I feel very passionate that this is completely wrong. But anyway, that's where we're at. And so, but still the boldness. I remember my first workshop I did here that I felt... Um, it was actually a design workshop. I suggested David that we bring in a designer um, from Berlin. And they were all meant to be designers, the directors. And I, I remember telling them, because they asked which space, and I said, of course, the main space. And I said, and they said, what's the budget? And I said, forget the budget. You've got a million pounds, just do it. And they were like, well, we'll never do that. And I thought, that's wrong. That is just wrong. Uh, probably 99% they're right. But the 1%, if we get someone who says, okay, I'm going to think bold and yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this in the next five years and it's fine, but it's just that first, there's so many hurdles basically and, and I, if I don't think, he, if you don't believe that you can actually jump over them, then don't, don't walk under them, it doesn't make sense in a way, so I think um, that's my first thing that I always believe, like the imagination is wild, it's always wild, it's, um, and that's what we need to, with all the comp complexities about money and schedules and unions and equity and all that stuff what actually is at stake is that we actually celebrate I think the human imagination and there's lots of negative sides to that as well but if we don't if we're not bold in these first steps or then 
I don't see the point of doing this because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough industry, <laughs> really tough industry. Um, but if you just get, if you don't feel like you you can give something to it which is um, not about these things, then then and and I know I mean I remember Rufus saying that he um, he he didn't earn. Over ten thousand pounds until he was thirty-six. This is Rufus Norris. Yeah, that's right. Rufus Norris who was yeah. here, and um, and that is so dispiriting. At the same time, yeah, I mean, look at him now. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of audiences, you talk about being bold um, mm. to the creatives, but for audiences, what do you hope that they get from the productions that that you that you you work on? Well, it's really interesting because I always, of course, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about cultural backgrounds a lot. And also, I mean, in Germany, I always felt I'm not quite German. And here I know I'm not quite British. Um, so I always hope that I can give something which is sort of slightly different without saying, oh, this is very special. But that's just who I am. Um, but I think, yeah, I just... I, it's, it's just really funny because I've been asked a lot about directing and is there something about directing versus writing? And I, I really, it was David who said to me that someone once said to him that write, uh, directing is like writing in 3D. And I always think that's absolutely right. So in a way, what you want to create as a director is you want to create something, of course, it's based on a script. And of course, we all love great writers, but without the directors, you wouldn't have that which is now in the space basically so I think we all see ourselves as 3D writers in a way that's how I see myself anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, and um, how what was your transition like from being a director to an artistic director uh, at hmm. home um, and has, has it influenced the development of your work it's really I mean there's a big freedom to say I can now produce the shows I've always wanted to do and that really is the case I've, I've done uh, the fun fair which is the opening piece which I've talked to lots of also David here to, uh, lots of theatres and they didn't want to take the risk and it is a risk which I've learned um, so there's a big freedom the big 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 so I shouldn't complain but the big big disadvantage and I'm actually someone who really loves preparing and reading around stuff this is so limited. The, your time for preparation is just it's shrinking and you just have to fight every hour to get that the book you wanted to read, which is not the script, but something secondary literature. And I used to do that a lot. I think I used to spend before I was just like, I don't know, like really almost reading too much. And now, yeah, now it's sometimes really like I just can't do that anymore. And it's a big shame in a way. But the big advantage, I think, is that you are in a position of, let's say it honestly, power, which means you don't have to knock on the door. So now people knock on your doors, but you just always have to remind yourself you were once and will probably in the future knock on doors again. So be friendly. <laughs> because one day you knock on their doors and they might say, hold on a minute, I remember you. So um, that's really important, I think, that we are all working with humans and also with people who are really keen to work with you so you've just got to you've got to explain that we only do four home productions up there so you've got to explain there are other theaters who 
they do much more. So, but I think people in general are very, very open and very understanding of that. But they just want to feel engaged with the building, yeah. like here. Yeah. And um, what are your, what are your, what are your future aspirations? Uh -huh. um, what do you want to, what do you want to? I'd love hopes? to do an opera, at one stage, and I've. That's my big, big dream, I think. Um, and I know our building, basically, we could stage probably a small one, but we don't have the resources at the moment. And then I have... I did one short film with Catherine, actually, um, while we were doing... Uh, Catherine Kafka's Hunter. Yeah, that's right, Catherine Hunter. While we are doing uh, Kafka's Monkey at the Bouffe du Nord in Paris, I wrote a script for her, and we filmed together with Marcello Mani, her partner. And I just loved that experience. It was one of the... I don't know, it was just wild, and um, I'd love to do another film, but I'm fully aware that it was always my dream, film, opera, wow, I all agree, but it takes so long to make them happen, and I'm not getting younger, so you always have to think, I don't know, but I'd love to do something, and so opera is my big one, and I think that's probably more realistic, and film, yeah, just would like to do, not a full feature, but maybe another short film, that would be a dream. Yeah. and get paid for it. I wasn't paid for it at all. <laughs> no one was. And um, just to go back to Catherine Hunter, what is it like to work with her? You've worked with her now twice on yeah, Gizmonkey right, and The right. Emperor. That's right. Um, yeah. What was it like first to meet her and then to work on these projects with her? Well, I saw her actually in Fragments, which was here by Peter Brook, and that's what was my first day actually working at the Young Vic. I saw her there and I was just blown away and thought, who is this big woman or... You know, uh, of course she's a woman, but she has such a deep voice, and I was like, oh my god. And then I talked to David and said, I just came to mind about a report on Academy Kafka, and he then said, yeah, why don't you meet her? And basically I then travelled to Southampton, where she was on tour, and then said to her, would you like to be a monkey? <laughs> Which is so insulting to a woman to ask that question. <laughs> but she was really charming and said, yeah, I always want to be a, a monkey. And then even when we just read the original, she just in front of my eyes just transformed and that's basically I think the biggest treat which you have working with her is like it's extraordinary how she transforms and she's a dream to work with because she has a hundred percent ability physical abilities and a hundred and twenty-five intellectual so she's like the perfect actress for me and I just love actors who are not the stereotype about you know the I think she's very attractive but she's not like the you know catwalk beautiful actress actress she's just like I think what actors should be about that transformation and she she can in a split second be a five-year-old and then next week second be a 95-year-old and it's all believable and um so yeah I've, I've i've it's a it's weird that it took us so long to find the next piece because i i worked quite a lot of other ideas but this was basically for the team to come together again and it was yeah, it was the uh, core team from the Kafka's core team, Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. You obviously enjoyed working with them the first time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it literally just you know that kind of I want to work with you guys again? Well, we we always said it was just hard. It's just not easy to to find something which is then the writers happy and then the directors happy and the actors of course has to. We you have to agree on something. So I was looking at other parts for her which were also all insulting about hunchbacks, and I was looking at really. <laughs> But um, I think this one is, is, is very special in a way because it, it follows on. It's not physically as extreme as Kafka's Monkey. Um, but I think seeing her being all these characters is wonderful, I think. Um, well, uh, thank you so much, Walter, for coming in to talk to thank us today. Thank you very today. much. And um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Off Book by The Young Vic. If you'd like to hear more conversations with some of the most exciting people in theatre, subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes.